Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Today on the show, we have Carrie McQuaid. She is a kindness spreader. If I could describe her in any way. (laughs) She loves pink, Taylor Swift, confetti. She loves having fun. And she travels the world to speak to companies and colleges about the power of kindness and generosity. Carrie is coming with some pretty fantastic ideas for business owners, entrepreneurs, and just human beings on how we can be nicer people, help fellow strangers, even just in the Target parking lot. She shares her story of viral kindness success. You might have heard of her on the little Southwest Airlines birthday party that she threw. So I think this one's a really good upbeat episode. And if you've ever wanted to start implementing small act of kindness in your everyday or in your business. Business, Carrie comes full with ideas for you to take away and start implementing right now. Hello, everybody. We are here with Carrie McQuaid. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. We are super, super excited because this you are our second viral sensation that we've had on the podcast. And I always think it's like super fancy when someone goes viral and something happens. I think awesome. this is less fancy because I knew Carrie before she went viral. <laughs> Maybe that just makes me knowing a celebrity. Yeah, I, I think that makes me viral by like association. Oh, okay. is what the definition oh, okay. is. So why don't you explain to everybody what the French shows we're even talking about? What happened? Yes. So I travel some for work, and I was going out to um, like Orange County, Los Angeles, just to do some business. And it was like half business, half work, half vacation, if you will. Just needed some sunshine in my life, and so I started planning my trip probably mid March on a whim, like, okay, I'm going to go out to the the West Coast. And I realized that in order to get out to California on the dates that I needed to be out there, I was going to have to either travel on my birthday or the day before my birthday. And I was kind of like, well, it'd be fun to travel my birthday and also kind of lame because I'm going to be by myself all day because, you know, like you're gaining hours, but you're in the plane for like eight hours from, I live in North Carolina. So that's a long flight. And then I was like, well, I'll go the day before. And I kind of had this crazy idea of like, what if I just bring goodie bags for everyone? 
which really fits my personality. All my friends were like, of course you want to bring like strangers candy. And so, (laughs) and I Googled some and I'd seen stories of this. A lot of them were parents bringing candy, basically apologizing for their baby. Like, uh, you know, we're bringing a baby on a flight. He's going to cry. She's going to cry. Here's some earplugs and some candy. So I'd seen that. And obviously they had been able to get it on the plane. So that, that kind of gave me the encouragement of, well, someone somehow got 150 earplugs and candy on a plane and gave it away. <laughs> so I am, um, but I'm like a rule follower to a T. So I, t- I was going on Southwest. So I like tweeted at Southwest. I like direct messaged them. I emailed them. I called them. I like, they actually suggested I go in. So I went in a week before and like talked to the lady at the front desk oh because I just, you know, that's kind of risky. And I was like, you know, I don't, I want to at least say like, well, you know, Sarah over and, you know, on Twitter said I could do this. I want to have at least some, some reason to have a backup plan. So they basically, they did not say yes. They weren't like, yes, you can have a party on a plane. But they also said like, we can't really stop you from doing whatever shenanigans you're planning on doing. So I asked how many people would be on the flight. And I think it was around 175. It was a, it was a full flight going to Vegas. So I had two parts to California and I was like, well, everyone's going to Vegas. Like they're already going to be partying. Like this is a party plane. Like this is it. And we were going at like, um, a time where people would be going, you know, I think it was like a a two o'clock flight. So it made more sense. Like this isn't like a a. 6am flight and people are going out for all of them going out for work. And so I packed all the goodies up. I took it to the airport. I actually went to the airport like four hours early because I was so nervous about this. My friend dropped me off and then I, they wouldn't let me in through the gate. They're like, ma'am, you you can't check your bags. You're too early, which I didn't know was a thing. So I learned that in the process. So my initial goal and plan was, okay, I have, I have 175 goodie bags and I'd put like balloons, uh, stickers and some candy and then I had had, um, I worked with a graphic designer and she designed a cute little card that basically said, Hey, I'm doing an act of kindness. I want you to pay it for That's my birthday wish. And just cause I wanted something to be in there. So people weren't like, what is this? Why, why is this candy? Right. Like what do I want to do with this? So my original dream was I'm hoping to board early and just put them on all the seats and be done and kind of be anonymous. And I was like begging the lady at the desk, like, please let me on. And she's like, no, I'm sorry. Not like that. That was the plan. So at that point I had no plan. Like plan A was it. Plan A was get on the plane. Like you have your group C, head to the back of the line. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. And it was so funny actually, because I tell a story a lot and what the news didn't tell us, actually, I sat next to a man for two hours prior to, to flying and we had this whole talk about his kids, his family. And um, it was right after all the mess with uh, United. And I think there was actually an incident with American Airlines. And I'd already decided to do it. And then that happened two weeks later. And then I got on the flight about a week and a half after. So I was kind of like nervous, like, oh, there's already all this news about airplanes. You know, like, is this a good idea? or Is this a bad idea? And so this guy named Mitch, actually, um, we were talking and I, you know, eventually like admitted to him, like, I brought goodie bags for everyone. And (laughs) he kind of looked at me like, you are crazy. Like I feel (laughs) the craziest person, but he was watching me struggle and he actually carried my luggage onto the plane. And I always joke because like the intercom's like, do not give your bags to strangers. Which is like, girl, I got you. I got you. <laughs> took, took a giant duffel bag. I gave it like, it was a girly bag with hearts on it. He's like, I got it. Yeah, he carried it on with his carry-on. And I'm like, you can't even have two carry-ons. Snuck it past the lady, carried it on for me, saved me a seat, which you're also not allowed to do on Southwest. And This rule breaker today. <laughs> well, I think at that point I was like, you know what? I don't know how this is going to play out. So I declared it with the flight attendant who I had like an extra, I had bigger goodie bags for the for the flight attendants and like a thank you note to them. And I think he thought that was it. So I handed it to him, just like the little goodie bags for the, for the six of them. And he's like, Oh, that's so kind. Thank you so much. This is so great. And I was like, I just, 
um, I was like, I brought um, goodies for everyone. And he was like, what? Like, and then he said, are you sure? How many did you bring? And I said, 185. And he's like, okay, you did. And he, I don't think he had to do because he's like, um, I never in my life has someone brought stuff for strangers. So he's like, we'll get back to you. And like, we'll, we'll figure out a time to do this. So I sat for like an hour and a half, just like dry heaving, essentially. <laughs> I'm like, and they're passing out. And I think part of the, po- the policy is they have to do all of their branding first, um, which makes sense because if someone was going to buy a snack, they don't want them to like fill up on free candy, which made which make total sense. And I, they told me all along, it's up to the discretion of the flight attendants. For You know, they may tell you, no, I'm sorry, we have too many jobs. And, you know, if there are turbulence or something, it wouldn't make sense. And I guess it was just like a, a, the four, there were four of them. And I guess they just wanted to have fun, which is very Southwest brand. Uh, oh, and yeah. I knew that they're very, you know, all sorts of people joking around. And so probably two hours in, it was a four hour flight, two hours in, they all came to my seat and they were like, okay, it's party time. And I'm like, it's party time. That's what they said. It's party time. And one of the flight attendants got on the intercom and they were like, how do you want to do this? And I'm like, I don't have a plan. Like plan A was put it on the seats and be done. And you now I have like. <laughs> I have them overhead. They're like, would you like to pass them out? And I'm like, no, I don't want to pass them out. That's terrifying. And then they like announced it to the plane. And I really appreciate the flight attendant that announced it because he made it in a way that basically said like, you're a terrible human being if you don't take a goodie bag. Because people can opt out. You know, people opt out all the time. Like, oh, do you, do you want a snack? No. And so I was kind of nervous. Like now I'm at the whims of people, basically everyone being like, no, thank you, candy from a stranger. I'm good. And so the guy basically said like, oh, she's so nice to do this. You should all take it. Like they all sang me happy birthday, which was great. And then um, they basically let me be a flight attendant. I'm like, forget the rules today. This is probably not legal on any essence for a person to just walk around aimlessly in a flight. And one of the flight attendants, yeah, I passed them all out. But but what I loved about it, honestly, that I didn't think I'd love and I hadn't, I didn't think through it. Like something you've never done, you don't really know what it's going to look like. And how you're going to feel in the moment. You can like anticipate it, but you can't actually feel it. And I realized like you don't, it was very a rare experience. It makes me want to have more parties on planes, even though I'm like, that was probably once is enough. But like, it made me feel like I never, you don't acknowledge people on planes. It's like this really weird circumstance where you throw all these strangers into a really close proximity. And then you just are like, ignore each other, put headphones on, read a book, don't engage. And so it's so nice to like actually have this human interaction with 175 people and you know people some it was like a couple girls birthdays the same day as mine so they're like happy birthday it's my birthday and you know it's funny two people were in the bathroom and after it was all over and the flight attendant came back and they were like oh the people in the bathroom want goodie bags too like they, they were like sad they missed like they missed the fun i'm sure people came out and they're like why is there a girl like walking around handing out like crap to people essentially <laughs> like like who is this girl like but it was so funny and the people next to me were like wow we didn't know you were gonna be like the vip on the flight like because we had we talked some and i think they were like overwhelmed with like, wow, we just had a party on our row and you did not inform us. But it was, it was a neat thing to kind of, that's, that was probably my favorite part was, you know, I got to know the flight attendants. Actually, I think probably my favorite part was one of the flight attendants was actually being a flight attendant while the other three was running a party. Like she was actually doing her job. And so she missed essentially, like she was like caring for the other 174 people. And so she wasn't really part of the party, but she came like charging down, literally running down. I was probably like on row 15, right, ran all the way down and like just grabbed me in this bear hug and squeezed me like really tight. And she had opened her card and read it. And I think she was like, so overwhelmed by it. And it, it, it was, I was so caught off guard. Cause I was like, why is this girl charging at me? This is terrifying. <laughs> Cause I could tell she was coming and she literally just, me. she did. She tackled me in my seat. I'm like holding a drink, trying to like, what is happening? I'm trying to eat. But it was, it was such a sweet experience of 
gosh, like this is what happens when you don't do normal things. When you, when you step out of your comfort zone and you try something and there could have been, it could have been an epic fail. I mean, I had, I had gone in with low expectations. I'm going to go in and assume this isn't going to happen. And I'm going to go to California with this bag and not pass it out because I didn't want to be disappointed. And I didn't want to set myself up for best day ever, but it ended up being such a like connection point of, wow, there's all these human beings. And I I mean, people were hugging me. I was high-fiving people. I mean, when people got the flight, they were thanking me. Like one lady said she'd been flying. I think she was probably 50. She said she'd been flying for years. And she said this was her favorite favorite flight. So it was so cool to have this like human interaction that we don't get on planes and we don't get in waiting rooms. We don't get in situations where we're all kind of crammed into spaces where we don't acknowledge other as humans. We're just kind of like, okay, we're all doing our own thing and not and so it's so fun. I mean, like this Mitch guy was sitting in front of me, like giving me thumbs up, like because I don't actually like flying. So it and it was so funny because I got in a, fl- a flight actually um, last week to go to Georgia, and I don't, I didn't have a fear of flying, and it was the first flight I'd got on, and I was like, you know what? It's probably because there was when you flood something with so much love, like you, you the fear doesn't have room, and it was so interesting. I'm like that may have been you know more not necessarily it wasn't more for me, but it, it it changed my life in ways that you wouldn't expect. Now I'm like I love like I don't love to fly, but it's like I don't have fear. I don't, I don't like, I don't have anxiety. I love hearing that from you because I feel like it's like everything you went through to make that thing happen, I think is like the definition of everyone choosing kindness every single day. Like it's scary. It's hard. You have to go out of your comfort zone and you might fail. Like the person might be rude and it might backfire, but like being a nice person and being generous and being kind, like you have, that's a choice. And like, you have to sometimes go out of your way to be that type of person. And so I think like your example is exploded, right? Like it was a big plan and it was on a plane and it was this whole big ordeal, but like that's people's every day of deciding to have grace and be kind with the chance of it completely backfiring in their face. Well, and I feel like you skipped over, not that you skipped over, I feel like (laughs) you weren't, Um, but like all of a sudden you're in California and the next thing you know... There is like press. You're about on the news. <laughs> so how did you go from just handing out candy on a flight to the story spreading like wildfire? Yes. Oh, you're right. I, did. I didn't. I didn't end the story, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> so I posted it on Instagram first, I think, and it, it got some. I mean, I don't think it was my most popular post, but it got a lot of traction, a lot of comments, a lot of people saying that's awesome. And then I probably posted it on Facebook maybe the next day. I think part of it too was I had you know, it was kind of the call to action. So I'd actually wanted to find the flight attendants because I was so grateful for them and I wanted to reconnect with them. So I think that call to action, like, Hey, can you help me find these people? They were such, it was so impactful. And it was almost when you're in the moment and you almost forget to be so grateful. And so I was afterwards, I'm like, man, I really love to find him. And a lot of people, I think for my Instagram, I think people had connections to the news. And so I think people on Instagram started messaging people that I, you know, that they, they were low, they're local news anchors. Cause a, a big guy out in San Francisco, I think shared it. And my flight attendants actually were California-based. And so one of them commented on it. Oh. And then I realized two of them were dating each other. And I'm like, oh, that makes me even like happier. I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> you're together and you were flying together and you worked together. And so, yeah. And then I think the day after that, well, it was so crazy because it was like actually my birthday. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, what is happening? Like, oh, and I tweeted it and Southwest retweeted it. So I got a lot of traction from that. A lot of news stories were liking or retweeting the post. Um, so emails were coming in. I did an interview with my local radio station right after probably like two days after. And so I was waking up like 5am and doing it in, in my friend's bathroom. And I'm like, sorry, like whispering in the bathroom, like to the, to the, the local uh, DJ. So yeah, I mean, and, and it was funny because I think there's, there's I, I know it's kind of two times, two, two kinds of viralness where it's like some people it's overnight. So next morning you've got a hundred thousand retweets. And for mine, it was this very gradual, like 
over time, like it, it's still to this day, I still get emails every once in a while. Hey, I saw your airplane story. Hey, I saw this. Hey, can you share about this? So it, it's had this like long shelf life of, you know, people contacting me, a film crew actually came to my house, which was why like, it, it, I mean, I was gone for two weeks in California. So when I came back, I still like, I still had a film crew come. They ran a story of me. I had my local news come two weeks later to my house. So it was wild. <laughs> <laughs> so outside of that, so all of this happens yes. and you're like, holy moly. Yes. How did that change you? Like literally as a business owner, as a person, as a human being kind of processing all of that? Yes. I mean, as a human, it was at a human level, it was very overwhelming because it's weird to get it's. I think it's I think it's great to get to get press and attention for things that are awesome because you're shedding light on awesome things. But it's weird when it's your daily life and it's maybe an extreme of your daily life and you're like, why am I a news story? Like it almost makes you a little sad. So it was overwhelming. I think as a human, as as a business owner, it kind of shifted my trajectory in some ways, which was funny. I even was telling a friend like, now I'm now I speak a lot more on kind of on the power of generosity and kindness and how to have better work cultures. And I was telling my friend, I said, never in a million years did I think. I would get, I went to Georgia last week. I went to talk to um, CEOs of YMCA and I said, when I thought about throwing a party, I didn't think, oh, you know, in less than six months, I'm going to get on a plane and I'm going to be in Georgia talking to YMCA CEOs. Like that wasn't, there, there was no like connection point where I thought, okay, I'm going to do this and here's going to be the return on this. Right. It's kind of, I'm going to do this thing and I'm going to let it do whatever it does in life. And, you know, I went in with like, I'm going to just do it because why not? Like, why not live this, this life full of love? So it changed me. And now I, now I speak on it. It's so funny because it's like, now I tell the story to other people to inspire them to go love people. Mm-hmm. And you're like, this is wild. I would never have envisioned like, I'm the girl who throws parties on planes. Like that's my now, you know, thing. It's people are like, you're the party, you're the plan girl, the party girl, you know, it's like funny. Girl. <laughs> So talk to us a little bit about turning that story into a speaking opportunity. Was it something where you started reaching out and saying, this is what I do and this is what I can help with? Or did people start reaching out to you because of the story? How did that transition happen? Um, A little bit of both. So I had never, I think 2017 was kind of my year where I just decided I'm just like going to go for it. 2016 was a very difficult year. And so I think strategically I went in 2017, like I got nothing to lose. So I'm going to just do all these crazy things. So I did pitch out some just to, I think it, it was having someone tell me, you know, you could be a speaker and, and giving myself permission to go do it and pursue it was really empowering. And so I pitched some and some emails came in and, and there's been some gigs I haven't gotten, but for me, I kind of just said, Hey, um, I just never thought I could do a career like this because we live in this wild world now where you can like make these businesses that weren't, that didn't exist 10 years ago. And so I, yeah, I've been pitching a lot more. Um, the YMCA, you know, came to me and a couple other things came to me and I, you know, just kind of worked with them and said, this is what I do. If you're interested, this is what I bring to the table. This is how I hopefully can help you. So yeah, it's, it's been both. It's been both me pitching. I'm probably pitching a little bit more now, now that I've gotten some really good experience under my belt and been gotten good feedback and gotten, you know, criticism, how to make it better. So that's kind of what I'm, the direction I'm going in where it's like, okay, I, I, I realize I'm so passionate about it. And I realized that the world we live in, the more, the more news I watch, the more I'm like, I hate that I'm getting paid to basically teach people how to be generous and kind, uh-huh. but it's so necessary. Uh-huh. And so if that's well, what I get to do. So great. what does that even look like when you're, t- you're chatting with people of YMCA or other businesses and you're like, just be nicer to each other. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that is, that is at the core, and it feels so basic. And you know, it sounds one of these is so basic and so you know just like innate for me. But I think it's giving people cr- concrete things. So sometimes I'll set up, you know, here are ten 
I mean, a lot of them are really simple. I have this whole slide slides about 10 ways to be kinder to your coworkers and, and make your culture better. And they're simple. I mean, one of them literally is just smiling at your coworkers. And it's yeah. so basic, but we just go about the day so engrossed in our own problems. You know, and I also, I also tell a story of just like invisible pain because we live in a, in a world where, you know, people have been in accidents and have mental health problems and you look at them and they look completely fine and they go to work every day and they look like normal people and you treat them like normal people and they have what I call invisible pain. And so if you don't realize, I mean, now I just, I teach people, assume everyone has invisible pain. And you, when you go to Target, you assume the person next to you and checking out is hurting in some way. And you don't, they don't have to have a cast on. They don't have to have broken bones for you to treat them like a, like a decent human being. And so just opening people's eyes to this idea of, you know, someone's kid has cancer and you don't see it because they're completely fine for the five minutes you engage with them. And just looking at people and thinking, okay, what are they struggling with? And not that you have to look at it in a, a Debbie Downer way, but just viewing people in a way that assumes like that their life's hard too. I think we all have days where it feels really hard and we oh, forget yeah. that other people have hard days. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. 
I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. Oh, yeah. I think it, I mean, it goes back to that, like assuming, you know, people are coming at anything with the best intentions, but also reminding yourself like that they have shit in their day too and in their lives and everything else that's going on. And especially here in the online world where we're reading tone via email. And I'm sure a lot of corporations are doing the same thing. And they're talking with, you know, other employees or team members virtually. And that conversation and tone is really hard to convey. And so just coming at it with a crap ton of grace. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, that makes me so happy. And like, I know I've told my story before about being in a car accident and then dealing with that invisible pain. And so for you to say that is like a thing, like yeah. the amount of people I've met because I was in pain or because they found out I was in pain, they would reach out to me and tell me their story. You just don't know. Like, mm-hmm. and it, it may not be that they're physically in pain. It could be, like you said, a, a daughter or son or cousin or whatever. And they see other people going through these things and it's just hard. Like their life is just hard. And so I so appreciate that sense of kindness and generosity and spreading it. But this didn't just start on an airplane. Like kindness has been at the root of your whole being for a long time. So talk to me about why, why did you choose this route? What, what made you want to go over and above what seemed to be normal? Yeah, I think, I think it's for me and my friends always laugh because I have made my life feel so normal. So they're always like, you're not a normal human. And I'm like, well, it's fine. Like, this is just my crazy version of myself. What, the story that really is a catalyst for me is when um, I was 14 uh, in high school, we had to get 50 hours of service credit to graduate. And I remember being 14 and being slightly sassy and, you know, eye rolling and being like all about myself because that's what for, you know, that's, that's, that's teenagers. They're not thinking about other people. And it was kind of apparent to like, you have to do this. Mm-hmm. And so I volunteered at the hospital delivering cars and flowers to patients. And I loved it. I mean, I, I could not work in a hospital because I cannot handle any sort of like vomit blood you know, brokenness of that to that nature. It's just like, no, thank you. But, you know, being that young and delivering cards, it was two things. It was one, I watched people open cards in front of me, strangers, complete strangers. And I watched hope. I watched people like literally have hope from words. And it was so impactful to feel like, okay, I'm just, I'm just a deliverer. Like I didn't actually do this, but I was like delivering hope to people. And it was very impactful at 14. And then also watching people lose their lives because there would be patients you would go to one week and they would not be there. And at 14, it was very devastating to get connected to like, you know, Miss Sue in room, whatever, you know, 103 and her not be there. And it, it, it kind of taught me this idea of you don't have that much time. You are not guaranteed tomorrow. And so it made me live a more strategic life where I'm like, okay, this is it. You have today. 
and you better do your best work today because that might be it. You may not, and, and it may not be me that passes away, but it may be someone I encounter with, you know, like the, it, it, for me, it was just this catalyst of one, you have the power to give hope to people every single day. And two, you have today period. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Well, talk to me about, you mentioned earlier before we hopped on the call and I want to make sure we touch on this, um, that you are a little strategic in how you're able to fit so much into your schedule because you do have like a lot of things going on and you're traveling a lot, especially for speaking gigs. And those take up a ton of time. So I know some people, us included, when we looked at 2017, knowing that we only did two speaking gigs in 2016 and how much time they took up. We looked at the whole year and we're like, there's no way we can fit it in. So we haven't done one traveling for work at all this year because of how much time it takes. So how are you able to do all of that and like stay sane and grow a business and all of the other things? <laughs> yes. I mean, like any entrepreneur, it's, you know, you wear all the hats. For me, it's, it's very, it comes down, it's, it's time man- management to some degree, but it's also building in blocks of time, like almost free time, if you will. Because I think as an entrepreneur, you kind of have these block schedules and you're like busy, busy, busy. And we're always like feeling behind because there's always something to do as a business owner. There's an email to send, there's a call to make. So a few things that I do, like, let's say I'm going to the grocery store. Like, let's say I know I got to go grocery shopping. I always try to buffer in about five to 10 minutes in that time frame. Um, versus like overbooking myself. So I almost try to underbook myself so that there's room because I think that what happens is we find these moments where we could go be kind to someone and we're like, uh, I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have energy. And so I always tell people, if you want to help someone go to the parking lot of Target, because everyone goes there, right? Like everyone loves some Target. If you stand in a parking lot at Target for 10 minutes, you will see someone who needs help. Like it, without a question. You will see a mom with like 18 children trying to get them all in or out, a million grocery bags. You'll see someone, I've seen it a million times, someone shoving a bike into their trunk that does not fit. You know, you'll see, you'll see if you give yourself five minutes every day in a public setting, and I'm not saying like, go be a weird stranger and like, you know, make people uncomfortable because there are boundaries. Like, you know, you don't want to be like a creepy person. Don't like, around some baby so she can put her groceries in her car. Don't right. person. <laughs> right. But I think it's, you know, I think people, we live in kind of a prideful time where everyone's like, I got it, I got it. And they're bouncing a million and two things. And it's, you know, it's a simple thing of just saying, hey, can I return your cart into the thing and you can leave? And so just having these like blocks of time where you're really strategic and saying like, I fly a lot. So when I fly, you know, I'll bring cards with me to write on the planes for future things. It's, you know, having post-it notes. I've had some friends and I haven't done this yet where they go through the whole year and they just write all these birthdays on you know, their calendar and they you know, strategically like, okay, January, I'm going to write all the birthday cards and then mail them. So it's just setting yourself up for success instead of like having to just react to everything. You're proactive. And so just blocking out extra time. And I know it sounds like so silly to be like, have five extra minutes, but those five extra minutes may change someone's whole life. Even my one thing I do, anytime I go to the grocery store and someone has like a child or two, I always let them go in front of me. Because I'm like, you brought a child to the grocery store? Like you're braver than me. I didn't bring a kid here today, you know, and I've got time. And, and I think that's, it's so honoring to another human being when you acknowledge, I see what you're doing and I see that you're, you know, like I see that you're a mom or I see that you're busy or you're rushing or something. And you acknowledge that, hey, my life is not crazy as yours right now at this very moment. And so I can do something so small that helps you. 
it's almost more beneficial to you. Like I can, I was just sitting here kind of pondering, okay, what, what have I done that's kind lately? And, and while, it's been a while, but I, I mean, there's two things that came up right away in my head. Like one time it was letting a woman who was literally sprinting across the Starbucks parking lot. I was like, girl, you need coffee more than I do. Go ahead. Go, go ahead. <laughs> and then the, the other one that popped in my head was this woman who was like sitting like, off in the corner near the carts and she was like an old lady and I was like I think she needs help but I didn't know what I could do for her come to find out she couldn't speak up but she needed one of those electric carts Mm -hmm. and she needed help and you know making sure a customer service person went over and actually got her what she needed and those still stick in my mind but I can I can imagine how much better your life would be if you stick one small mm-hmm. thing like that in your life a day, like yeah. how much more happy you would be, how much more grateful you would be. Yeah. Like apparently I need to be more like Carrie. I, know. <laughs> I just need to hang out in parking lots. Cause that's where all the action happens. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just one example. I think it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's everywhere. And I actually heard this, this really incredible story or quote, if you will, before, even before I on the plane that said, you know, we live in this world where everyone's like talking about everyone and you want to be shared and, and you know, like and not even viralness. It's just like you want to be tagged on Instagram and people talking about you. But someone said, be the best dine, like be the best dining room story for someone or, or kitchen table story. So basically what it means is like be, do something that someone's going to go home and tell their family. They don't have to tell the internet. They don't have to tweet about you. They don't take photos of you. It doesn't have to be this viral thing, but do something that someone's going to go home and be like, tell their kids, guess what happened to mommy today? Yeah. And it's going to be so small. They're going to be like, man, this nice lady, you know, be this extravagant love extravagantly that someone goes and tells their family, the story about you and says, I needed help. And some random stranger, because that's what we love is humanity. It's when, it's when someone has a need and then someone else goes out and fills it. I actually have the sign that hangs on my bed that says, it's kind of like my life quote. It says, you don't need a reason to help someone. We always like want to, Oh, do they need help? Do they not need help? It's, I always say do it and worst case scenario, it fails. Worst case scenario, someone's offended and they're like, I don't need help. This is so rude of you to ask. But it's better to be like, it's better for someone to be like annoyed with you. Right. Than someone sit for 30 minutes and not ask for help because they are too embarrassed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I'm just thinking here, the ripple effect of what, what your movement is all about. I mean, literally like it's the pay it forward from that plane, from your birthday gift, that's still having an effect of the corporations and the companies that you're talking with and giving them action steps. And if a couple people that you share these stories with, just one of them takes the extra minutes of their day to be nice to other people, like changes are happening. I can feel it. (laughs) No. Yeah. The, it just reminds me of that. The movie, the movie, pay it forward. Oh, I know. <laughs> I I remember sitting in uh in class because you know you had to watch it. In oh yeah, and it makes you feel good, and you want to like go out and be a nice person. But why do we forget that? Like, yeah, what why? are the distractions? <laughs> Talk to me about how I can get rid of those distractions so that I can make room for this. Yes, one of the, and one of the things I've actually been working on now, and I may turn it into a talk at some point, is this idea of risk taking. And the more talk, the more I talk to women is it's this idea of, I'm so afraid. And I think what happens is fear fills our brain and it enables, like it, it makes it so we're not able to move. We, we have too much, we have too much dialogue in our brains that fills it up. And so I almost just say, 
if you have a gut instinct, you almost have to act immediately. You can't wait for, and that's not to say a distraction, but it's a mental distraction where I think we see a need and, and I've done it before where you're like, mm, I feel awkward asking, I feel awkward doing this. So I'm going to like watch you just cry and cram a bike in your car and I'm not going to help, you know, like, I, cause it's awkward and you don't be like, hi. And I've heard of it. Sometimes I'm like, I don't know if I can really help you. I'm not that strong. Um, but I think this distraction and it's this, it's, it's the self-talk we give ourselves Oh yeah. where we say, well, I don't matter. And I actually have spoken at some conferences and I always ask women this one question. I say, do you feel like if you had more followers, you would do more things? And they always say yes. Mm-hmm. And I always tell people, do not wait. Yeah. Like you do not need to have a hundred thousand followers to change a life. But I think people are wanting to have a permission slip. They're wanting to be qualified. Well, I'm not qualified enough because fill in the blank. I'm not strong enough. I'm not talented enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not kind enough. And so people, you know, give themselves these like breaks. They hit breaks. And so it's always so interesting when I ask them that. I say, do you think you'd go be kinder or you'd do more things if you had more followers or if you had more this, more money? And it's not a money thing. Like, there's many, there's a million, like smiling at people is free and people don't do it. And so I think for me, it's like these, there's all these attractions where people make a lot of excuses. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough time. I actually, I've listened to some books on time management. And one of the, one of the things the author said was a lady said she didn't have time. And then her washer broke and flood her, flooded her house or something, or flooded her, her laundry room. And she spent six hours dealing with it. And she said at the beginning of the week, she didn't have six hours. And when she was forced to find six hours, she found them. And so it's kind of just forcing yourself. And I think it's repetitive behavior. I think if you teach yourself, if you want to become something, you can become, it's just habit training. And so if you're like, I'm going to just do this once a week and you set out, you put it in your calendar. Okay. And Mondays at 10 AM, I'm going to Go do this one act of kindness. Sometimes it's as simple as I'm gonna just write a note to the to the post office person, you know, and who comes and gets my mail. You just address it to them. Like there are they're gonna come every day. So that's not like a there's no distraction there. It's just like you just do it. You just tell yourself, I'm gonna go do it. And you don't have to sit around and wait for them awkwardly at the mailbox and be like, Did you get my card? You know, don't make it weird. But it's 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 these basic steps of I think, especially as entrepreneurs, as business owners, or someone, you know, or someone who's in the corporate work nine to five. Your lives are busy. We live in very busy times. We have uh, things that make us busier than, and even, I even tell people honestly on, on, on Instagram, I say, do you know how easy it is to get on Instagram, find some random person who's struggling and say, I'm thinking of you. I'm encouraging you. Here's a virtual high five. Like there are just endless opportunities to go and impact people. I always tell people, if you're going to get on social media, it makes you feel bad. Like, cause some people, I think get on it and then they walk away and like, Oh, I feel worse about myself. Like I always ask them, did you do something nice or did you just like sit around and consume stuff? Like, did you write nice things? Because I feel like if you wrote three nice things on, in, on Instagram, you're not going to get off the phone and say, I feel worse about myself. You're going to say, you know what? Maybe I feel a little comparison and I'm struggling. But you're also going to say, I left three nice comments yeah. and intentional, like not just like I'm trying to get followers. That's I'm trying to. <laughs> yeah. But just like, I actually genuinely saw that you were suffering. Yeah. I think that's the thing is we are almost forgetting how to be human beings to one another. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's just acknowledging another human being in their mess and saying, I see that you're in a mess and I'm, I may not, we're not here to solve each other's problems in the way that we can't fix each other fully. You know, everyone's got their own messes, right? but I think we can make messes a little easier. And it's, it's, it's so simple, but I think if you set your life up very strategically where you just say, I'm going to just, you know, and you write it and maybe you write, you know, on Wednesdays, I'm going to leave five comments on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Just start small. Cause I feel like, I mean, there's all, especially as women, I, I don't want to ignore the fact of like, I've been raised like, 
head head up, eyes forward, keys in hand, walk from car to store for your safety. And like, we're taught that like so much, like keep yourself safe. But I think starting small, maybe it starts with Instagram. Maybe it starts with the comments. Maybe it starts with writing the letter that you're mailing. So you don't have to like physically do anything if it makes you uncomfortable. But I think even those small gestures can lead to bigger things once you're ready. And I feel like just starting small and doing whatever's in your capability today is better than what you did yesterday. Well, I think we also pass it off. We also say, well, so-and-so is going to do it or so-and-so is going to take care of it or they have family or they have friends or whatever. And you just, you pass it off. And I've seen it so much recently with all the craziness that's been happening in the world with the hurricanes and now the massive, they're calling it a massacre is what I've heard for the big. Wow. Yeah. But we pass it off and we're like, Oh, well did so-and-so celebrity donate money? Why does it matter? Like you be the charge, you Mm -hmm. be the change, you go out there and do something to help people. And whether you can drive to Texas and clean someone's house out or not, like there is something you can do today that could impact someone. Mm -hmm. And I think we just need to be reminded of it that we are just as responsible as everyone else. And we can't keep passing the buck that someone else is going to take care of the problem. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's part of the thing too. I think, I think in what you were saying, people want big impact. They want to say, I went in and rebuilt a whole house, Uh you know, like, and it's not even a a pride thing of people want to be like, I did this thing, but it's, you know, I think sometimes you forget that kindness doesn't always come back from the person you gave the kindness to. I feel like kindness kind of goes around and comes around, but it's not a, it's not an immediate return. And I think we live in this world where it's like, you know, the, the quick satisfaction, you know, like I want, I want immediate, you know, like you hold door for someone and they give you like a dirty look. That doesn't mean it didn't impact them. Right. Like we want this kind of quick, like, you know, impact. And I want to do these things. And, And I think that stops us from, for sometimes doing it. Like you're saying, it's like baby steps and, you know, you may not be able to go, do massive things. But I mean, writing someone words or acknowledging someone and saying, Hey, thank you. And even when I, when I flew on that airplane, I wrote thank you notes to the flight attendants and the pilots. And I thought, why have I never done this before? Yeah. Like, and, and because I think in our head, I said, well, it's their job. So they should do it. Right. But it doesn't mean like, do they do it to an excellent point where they should be thanked? Yes. Right. And so I think it's just things you don't think about where we kind of go around and say, well, that's our server. And that's our, our, this person. And like we almost say, well, they're here to serve me. It's like, yeah, but you are also put on earth to serve them. Yeah. Yeah. I love and so shifting your mindset and saying, well, how can I make like someone who serves you food? Their job is not to like make your lunch, the best lunch ever. You know what I mean? Like, yes, they're supposed to do excellence in their job, but you should still in return be grateful for the excellence that they added into your life. Yeah. And, you know, just saying thank you and being polite. And I, I mean, I almost hate just, we live in a culture now where it's like, we're having to retrain ourselves to g- be good humans. And the more I watch the news, the more I'm like, we're struggling as human beings, as a culture and as humanity to really just like, and I hate that tragedy is where you find stories of people mm-hmm. taking action. Like, yeah, of course you're going to have to carry someone if if they're bleeding. Like, like it, it's, it's common sense, but I think sometimes we don't think about it. Like we don't think people are struggling until it's like this massive thing where it's like, Oh, I have to rise up and I have to step up. And it's not necessarily about, I mean, having, I'm very outgoing and having a party in a plane made total sense for me to do it. But it it wasn't like I came out of the the gate doing it. It was like years and years of, I'm doing all these small things. And I finally got to the point where I said, okay, I'm, you know, I was scared to do it. I was like, this is scary. It's very out of my comfort zone. There's no roadmap for this. There's no, how does this work out? And so I think it's, it's over time you grow out of your comfort zone. You say, okay, I'm going to try something 
new one for me. I almost like to challenge myself. Like not like what crazy thing can I do? My friends always laugh because that's a running joke. Like what crazy thing are you up to now? And because there's no, there's, you know, there's nothing wrong with, I, I think we put a ceiling on love and kindness and we say, okay, like if I'm too kind, people are going to judge me. Right. And I've had people be like, what are you doing? And I'm like, why would you not? Why would you not? It's, it's asking and putting yourself out there. Like you're saying, you can get rejected, you can fail. But if you don't try, you're already getting rejected and you're already failing. And people don't think about that. Like it's already a no unless you ask for a yes. And so for me, I was like, I'm going to just ask if I can party and play. And, you know, I have these days here in, in my city where I pass out, you know, like ice cream to people and I ask them to be kind. They, pl- they do a pledge card. And like, in, in reality, that's weird. But it's weird <laughs> because other people don't do it. You know what I mean? Like that I've made it so normal and I do it in a park. And I'm like, never in a million years that I think I'd grow up and be like, you know, my mom always said like, don't give candy to strangers, don't give candy to strangers. And I'm like, handing out popsicles. But it's been so well received because the city's like, we need this. Yeah. You thought, you know, it's like, it's finding where the needs are. And then like you said, not passing it off saying, okay, I have the skill set. If someone needs $10 and you have $10, you give it. It's an exchange. It's like, if you see a need, fill it. And you don't have to be like, everyone's here all day long, but there are needs everywhere. We just don't, we don't see them. And especially on Instagram, we don't talk about them as much. I think the culture's changing some, but we don't talk about infertility enough. We don't talk about brokenness enough and all these things, you know, cancer, like they're, you know, everyone just is like, here's my shiny, beautiful life. And so of course you are not thinking, oh, everyone's looking at, you got a book deal. You're on a TV show. You're this. And you don't realize like they're suffering, you know, greatly. And even after, you know, I went viral, I went viral. And then I got asked actually probably within three weeks if I wanted to donate uh, bone marrow to a stranger. And I remember being so, and I, I haven't done it yet because my stranger, the person's not quite ready to receive it, but I remember being so overwhelmed and no one could relate. And I felt bad saying to people like, I'm overwhelmed because I don't have anyone in my life who's donated to a stranger and is going through this process or has gone viral in this degree. And it was like a little isolating and ever, and, and you feel bad saying like, I'm struggling because everyone's like, your life's amazing. You're like, but it's hard. You know what I mean? I really felt hard. <laughs> yes. I think it, because I think I felt so unrelatable. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone was saying your life's awesome. And you're like, but how do I navigate this? And how do you you know, film crews come to my house and in two days I'm giving donating blood to see if I match with a complete stranger. And that's a lot of emotional energy. And all my friends are just like, yay, your life. And you're like, yeah, but I'm kind of drowning over here. Yeah, it's kind of hard. And so things you don't tell, but you don't tell like Instagram, hey, I'm so happy that everything's going great, but I'm dying in the corner, you know? Oh yeah. Oh, story of my life. No, it always, <laughs> always. Checked all the boxes and some days suck. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I remember how many times Emily's like, you know, Abby is the person who, when someone's like, how are you today? She will always give you the real answer. <laughs> yeah. But like being that way, I think we have to go out of our way. Like I purposely, if someone asks me, I'm willing to tell them the truth. And I think if you put that transparency out there and then throw kindness on top of that, like you just seem so much more human mm-hmm. and so much more relatable and People appreciate you and, you know, yeah, it sucks yeah. being isolated in that situation. I, yeah. I can, I can relate in different ways. I mean, obviously I've never had film crews in my house, but <laughs> I think I literally hope I never do. 
like, ah, my introversion is showing. Oh, um, yeah. Okay, I want to head into talk strategy to yes. me. And since we gave a lot of ideas for, like, regular everyday humans for strangers, I would love to hear, like, three to five tips that you give businesses and companies and colleges so we can start to be nice to people we work with, our VAs, people that we deal with online, our business partners, like all of those kind of strategies. Yes. Okay. So one, I would say uncelebrate people. I think, I mean, I think we do a good job of that, but like if you have someone who works for you, you know, making note of, okay, it's a birthday or it's... People love when you remember things yeah. that you that maybe like, okay, an example, like you were saying you got an accident, remembering, okay, you got an accident at this date. Yeah. And so a year from now, I'm going to say, Hey, that's a, I actually, that I've seen people do this. They put in their calendar. Um, and it's not birthdays. It's like important moments in people's life. Yeah. And they call and they say, like you survived that, or you, you made it to the other end of that. And they celebrate that. And people feel so seen and valued, especially as a business, when we're working collaboratively with each other, they're like, you know, congratulations, you've been, been in business for a year. So just finding reasons to celebrate people that aren't your basic anniversary birthday and making note of that, especially when you hire someone. So when you're hiring someone, have them fill out an intake form and say, what's your favorite candy? Yeah. What's your favorite color? What's moments in your life that matter to you? And, and then keep that and then celebrate that. Because I think people hire people all the time. Even, having, even if you hire someone short term, just kind of keeping that person in your life and saying, okay, how can I celebrate you? And well, I guess even in a corporate college. Number two, I would just say have blocks in your schedule or strategically set your schedule up in a way that's, you know, go, relook at your schedule, relook at your calendar. If you have a team as a team, I would say sit down and say, okay, as a team or as an individual, you know, the last Friday of every month, I'm going to go do something and maybe even budgeting financially in there and saying, okay, I'm going to say, I'm going to skip a coffee and the last Friday of every month, I'm going to go to Starbucks and I'm going to pay for someone's Starbucks or I'm going to write, you know, write someone a card and I'm going to go to the post office. I think having action steps and have them write, written out or, or grow it into your team. Cause I speak to a lot of teams about team building. And I think if your team does something together, or even getting other entrepreneurs, because I know there's so many meetups in other cities. So maybe you guys meet, I'm in a mastermind and we're all local. And so, you know, saying, okay, as a mastermind, we're all going to once a year volunteer somewhere. Because yeah. I think that that impacts the company and then people are giving back. And if, especially if you give back together, I think you build and you don't have to be business owners and you could do this virtually. Yeah. You could say, okay, you know, and, and, and not have be business growth strategy necessarily, but say, okay, we're all going to pull together and like the hurricanes, we're all going to pull together and we're all going to send jackets to this one girl. And we're all going to talk, all 10 of us are going to share on the same day at the same time, we're collecting jackets. Very simple, easy steps, uh, if you will. And I think, I think number three is almost deciding where your comfort zone lies saying, okay, here's my comfort zone, you know, whether you're extrovert or introvert and saying, okay, here's my limit. And how can I maybe push myself, have a, have a, have a goal. Like you're saying, I think goal setting is really good, but having kind of this goal where I think it's good if you acknowledge yourself, okay, this is where I am as a human and really have like a gut check and say, okay, I'm living in my comfort zone. I love this. Here's something that's scary that I want to do. I think, I, I believe that there's so many things that people say, if you, if you ask them, what's a wild, crazy thing you want to do, they'll tell you what it is. And they'll be so fired up about it and so passionate about it, but they won't do it because it's so far out of your comfort zone. And it's like, for me, like having the party on the plane was very out of my comfort zone, but it was something I thought, gosh, why have I never done this? When I really came down to it, I thought, 
man, I'm surprised I've gotten this far in life and never done this or never even had this idea. It kind of popped in my head one day and I thought, I'm doing it. If I get the yes, I'm doing it. Maybe writing out a wild dream and just hanging it in your office and saying, you know what? I I feel like if I did this one thing, it would be life-changing for me and it'd be life-changing for other people. And so having, having that written out, and I think seeing something, if you see something every day, maybe making like a manifesto board because it's visual and then you're seeing it every day and you're saying, okay, here's my comfort zone. Here's that, you know, and you could draw a circle and say, there's my comfort zone here. Circle around the other thing, not my comfort zone. But if I go do it, you know, I think it's visualizing, having a visualization of like, here's how I'll feel doing it. Yeah. And here's why I want to do it. I love that um, vision board of like the way you want to be kind in the world and like how you want to give back. I love that. Yeah. And I think just having something where you're like, okay, I'm going to, you know, maybe put all these cards on it or you put something on there because I think it, it, it pushes you forward. If you have easy steps in your brain, then it's easy to do it. Oh, yeah. But if you like, if you, if you just like show up at Target and you're like, I'm going to help someone, then you feel kind of awkward and forced and you're like awkwardly creeping up and down the aisles. Like, do you need help? Do you need help? Do you need help? Like, but if you think like, like I'm going to write a card. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I, I've even thought my, I, you know, I at one point like high five to cashier because she was, I think she, I can't remember what she told me, but I think she had sold or, you know, like the credit cards. Yeah. I think she was like, oh, I got three people to sign up today. And I'm like, high five for you. Like you're crushing it. You're crushing your goals. So, you know, something like that where it's like engaging even engaging people like that, you know, as I think sometimes we feel as business owners, if we're not always moving forward in a way that's really strategically designed, uh, you know, business-wise where it's goal setting. Okay. I want to grow my list to this, which is fine. But then it's like, maybe you go and say, okay, when I get my, when I get a thousand more people on my mailing list, I'm going to give away a Starbucks gift card to them. Right. And you're going to email them and you're going to say, Hey, I'm giving away next week. I'm going to announce the winner, but you know, send me an email back or let me know or something like that. You, you know, we're, we're still within your business and you're doing awesome things. And you're that way you're goal setting. But when you get to that goal, you say, I'm going to pay back all these people and say, okay, I'm, I'm giving a, doing a giveaway that only benefits you. And don't, it's not like in a way that says, okay, I'm trying to get, you know, a thousand more just say, Hey, I reached a goal. And now I'm celebrating by loving on you. Yeah. Um, and then you're more motivated. You're like, if I reach this goal, then I get to, you know, buy a drink for someone else that's a complete stranger yeah. and say, thanks so much for supporting me. Now I'm supporting you. Yeah. I love that. I think we could do that. Totally. We could implement that. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. If you could let people know where they can hang out with you and see all the kind things you're up to. Yeah. So my Instagram is at Carrie Gray Shop. And then I actually have a new website, which is mainly my speaking, which is simplycarriegrace.com. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor, to get podcast updates and all the behind the scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. 
really love this show, it would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.